Romans 12, beginning in verse number 1. You stand with us tonight and reverence God for His Word. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, uh, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, uh, which is which is your reasonable service. Uh, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to preach for just the next little while on finding the will of God. Uh, finding the will of God in your life. Uh, let's pray together. Father, as we gathered into your house tonight, we thank you for the very privilege of being able to do so. We thank you for the good songs we've had, the good testimonies, and God, just thank you for being you. Lord, you've seen fit to save us, Father, and save us from a devil's hell. Now, Lord, we come to you tonight asking you to bless the reading of your word. We ask you to bless each and every family that's represented here today. I I pray, God, to be one here lost. I pray they'd recognize that today, accept you as Savior before it's everlasting too late. And, God, I pray tonight you'd give me help, Father. There's nothing I can do, Father. I must have the Spirit of God, and I pray for you to roam freely. Touch that when it needs it the most, Lord. We'll pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Finding the will of God. Uh, This morning as we uh, preach just a little while on some eras. Thank you, brother. Uh, Boy, uh, we can can tell that uh, just from this morning that it takes more than just a simple knowledge of the Lord uh, in order to be saved. Uh, Boy, you can't just... Uh, go to heaven because you have heard of Jesus or because you know uh, of the Bible. Uh, uh, it takes more than that. and uh, It takes a personal relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ before you get your ticket stamped. And I, I mean uh, being purchased by the blood He shed on Calvary for us. Uh, accepting Him as Savior. Uh, asking Him to come into our lives and to our hearts. Uh, and, and knowing uh, when we get up that we're a new creature in Christ. Paul here is writing uh, uh, to the church and he's, uh, uh, he starts off and he says, by the mercies of God. Let me say tonight, it's by God's mercy that any one of us are here tonight. Yeah. It's all about God's mercy, what He had mercy upon us uh, to save us when we didn't deserve being saved, uh, when He healed us when we didn't deserve to be healed. My friends, tonight we, uh, we, uh, we owe God everything, yeah. but God owes us nothing. Uh, uh, we get that stuck in our head, we'll, 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 we'll grow. Because God don't, He don't have to. He doesn't owe us a thing. But my, my, how we owe Him everything. Uh, he says, by the mercies of God. Uh, uh, tonight as we gather, uh, I want to, you to know that are here, there is a perfect will of God for your life. There is. God has created you for a purpose, and you have a purpose. God has a purpose for me. He has a purpose for this church. He has a purpose for this ministry. Uh, But it seems that many Christians today are looking, and they're searching for the will of God. And they can't seem to find it nowhere. 
They can't. Let me take this out of the equation real quick. If you're lost, it's God's will you get saved. That's right. Uh, that's a no-brainer. No uh, for John 3.16, God said, He gave His only begotten Son for who? Everybody. Yeah. My friend, He wants every one of us to be. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Christ, it's God's will you get saved. That's, right. that's a no-brainer. Uh, God wants you to get saved. He died for you just, and, 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 and picture this, it was only for you that He died. If it was only me, He would have still died. If you were the only person lost, Christ would have still given His life for you. Uh, uh, you just get that into your head. God died for you, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's will you get saved. Uh, it's God's will that you be in church somewhere. Uh, amen. It's God's will. That's a no-brainer. It's God's will that you be inside the house of God. Uh, uh, why establish a church if God don't want you there? Seems uh, pretty pretty uh, simple to me. God wants His people to be in church. No-brainer. But people can't seem to find the will of God. They're looking, they're searching, and they can't find it. You may be uh, in that same spot tonight. You may say, uh, uh, Preacher, I just don't know what the will of God is for my life. Uh, you know, I remember when I was a kid, an old country song. It said, Looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Don't get too spiritual, homie. Act like you ain't never heard of that. Because uh, you have. You can repent later. Uh, looking for... Well, let me tell you something. Today, it feels like Christians are looking for the will of God in all the wrong places. Uh, they're looking everywhere. My friend, tonight, let me tell you, I have a copy of the will of God in my hands. This right here is the very will of God for your life. If you want to know what God's will is, get into His Word. You'll find the will of God. I promise you. The problem is we don't do enough searching inside God's Word. We expect God just to lay it out for us. Well, well, my friend, if you get inside this old-fashioned King James Bible, you'll find God's will for your life. I promise you, you'll find the will of God. Here it is. I'm sure you got a copy. My friend, that's the will of God. That's the will of God. Just open it. Read the blessed words, and you can find 66 books which contains the will of God. From, the, from cover to cover, it's the will of God. Yeah. Uh, now, as I was saying, I know it seems a whole lot easier if God would just uh, speak from heaven with an audible voice and tell each and every Christian uh, what to do, where to do it, when to do it. That seems, uh, that seems easy, but God doesn't seem to want to do that. Matter of fact, if he did that, that would remove all possible mistakes you could make. But I want you to know something. It also removed all the faith that you have. God has it set up because he wants you to have faith. My friend, and as you grow in Christ, your faith will grow in Christ. And my friend, it takes faith to get anything accomplished for God. If God has to do it, it's not faith if God has to do it for you. Uh, it takes faith, and it's the will of God for us to have faith and to see people saved. 
We must realize tonight that God has a perfect will for us. He said so in verse number 2. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God has a perfect will for your life. But notice here, Paul tells us what to do in order to prove the perfect will of God. Uh, see, that's what it's, it's all laid out for us if we'll just read it. He tells us what the, how to prove the perfect will of God. And if we do any less than what Paul writes about, my friends, then we're going to remain outside the perfect will of God. Anything less to do of us doing instead of what the Bible says, we're staying on the outside. We got to get on the inside of what the Word of God says, and by by doing that, I mean being doers of the Word and not hearers only. Yeah. I want you to know that word "prove" uh, means to establish certainty of anything. It means to determine for sure. Uh, uh, are we told to determine? For sure what the perfect will of God is for each of us? Yes. The question is tonight, how do we find God's perfect will? I want to take these verses and show you how you can find God's will. Number one, surrender to God. We must be surrendered unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, He says here, Present your bodies a living sacrifice. My friend, this right here is an unreserved surrenderance. We've got to surrender our lives to God. It's an unqualified surrenderance. Hey, my friend, you don't have to qualify to surrender to God. My friend, you can just give your heart, give your life to God, and He'll put you to work. You don't have to have no big special degree for God to use you. Matter of fact, I'm still amazed at the story our pastor told just a couple of weeks ago about Wayne Price, I believe it was. The man couldn't read, but yet every Saturday got on his face before God and said, God, i got to have something to tell you people tomorrow, and God would give him a message. I'm telling you, that's not the only man of God who hasn't been able to read, but God seen fit to use them. Why? Because they have surrendered their lives to God. Unqualified. Church, I'm unqualified to stand before you today, but God seen fit to have me here. Unqualified, unreserved, no strings attached to my surrenderance unto God. When one gives a sacrifice, it means to give it up completely. That's final. It's over. Yeah. It's given up. Not to be taken back. Uh, you remember as a child, somebody called you an Indian giver. You give it, but then you want it back. You give it, then you want it back. I'm not talking about that kind of surrendering. I'm talking about giving it to Jesus and letting Him have it. Yeah. And saying, God, do what you have done with my life. Surrendering to Christ. Surrendering our plans, our choices, our desires, our likes, our dislikes must be fully and completely surrendered to our God. In total submission 
before we can know what His perfect will is for us. Are you surrendered tonight? This is something that's between you and God. No one else has to know. It's between you and it's between your Lord. You may say tonight, uh, well, I need to surrender more to my Bible study. I'm sure we all do. We need to surrender more to being inside the house of God. I'm sure we all do. We need to surrender into a daily devotion with our Master. We all do. We need to surrender to prayer, a, a surrender to being a soul winner, a, a winner. Surrender your life to the call of God and the call of His service. Surrenderance. Paul goes on and states, which is your reasonable service. Paul says, it just sounds awfully reasonable to me that you surrender to the one who shed every drop of blood on Calvary's hill so that you may be saved. It sounds reasonable to me. Boy, it sounds reasonable to me. God saved me to use me. God saved you to use you. As we're coming up on elections, church, God, I'm telling you what, you want to see a church take off? You want to see God bless a church? You get every member inside the house of God working for Him, praying for souls to be saved. You'll see God do something we ain't never seen before. But I'm telling you, it takes everybody. It's not one person. It's not a one-man show. It takes the entire unity of the church to get involved, to get out in the community, and we'll see God move. But it takes people faithful and it takes them to surrender to the call of God for their life. I'm sure I can look out today and I see teachers. I see teachers. I see see people who God wants to use in that area. I see soul winners that God wants to use. I see future preachers God wants to use. See, song leaders, God wants to use. Singers, God wants to use. A faithful witness, God wants to use. A prayer warrior, God wants to use. If we'll surrender to God. Paul says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies. Look at what Jesus has done for you. Amen. When we were unworthy. Number two. Separation from the world. He goes on to say, And be not conformed. And be not conformed. I want you to know tonight, church, here lies the problem with many Christians today. It's separation from this world. Uh, uh, You will never truly find the will of God for your life if you are involved in this world. You're not, God's not going to show you His will while we're involved with worldly activities. It's just not going to happen. God doesn't want that. God wants His people to be a holy people. Oh, that's something I preached a whole lot. Holiness. He wants us to live that holy, clean life before others and before God. You want to know God's will? Separate from the world. You want to see God bless Turning Point Church? You want to see people get inside God's house, being saved? Separate from the world. Somebody said either that this uh, this world's got churchy or the 
churches got worldly. My, my, how true it is. My, my. A problem, church, separation from the world. Uh, We're called to be not conformed, to be different. In order for God to present His will for our lives, we got to separate ourselves. Uh, God will never uh, reveal His perfect will to a worldly Christian. Amen. Well, what is worldliness? That brings up that question. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, worldly comforts. Yeah. That's worldliness. Uh, 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 worldly ambitions. Worldliness. Worldly living. Worldliness. Worldly goals. Worldly we're getting deep now. Worldly standards. My friends, uh, uh, you ought to have a whole lot better standard than a drunk on the corner. I'm sorry. I hate to say it that way. I love them and I love you. But we've got to have a better standard than what the world offers. We're God's people saved by the blood of Christ. We've got to hold a higher standard than the bar down the street. This is no honky-tonk. This is the house of God. And that leads into worldly dress. Uh, we ought to be dressed like we somebody, like we're going somewhere. Uh, now, a good preacher friend of mine said this, and it's going to stay in my head until God calls me home, I believe. Uh, what's the difference between a, a, a hoochie mama and a mini skirt outside the church and one on the inside of church? They ain't nothing different. They, they still hoochie mamas and a mini skirt. Uh, now, let me tell you something. Many skirts is not a place for the house of God. Right. Many skirts is not a place you, if you're a Christian to have on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, cover that thing. Cover it up. Yeah. That's right. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not a place for the house of God. I know it's comical, but it's serious. I was out for dinner today. And, uh, and, and, and we were sitting there eating. And a girl walked in with her family. And it was, you know, church going people. And, and, me and my wife looked at me and said, God, I hope she didn't wear that to church. Yeah. And it was the truth. Yeah. Everything hanging out. Yeah. I said, my goodness, honey, put some clothes on. Yeah. You're inside God's house. And men, we, we, we don't get out of it, especially young, some of us young, young, young men need to pull the britches up. Yeah. I'm not going to pick on women and not say nothing about men. Pull your britches up, son. They could have bailed on. This is God's house. This ain't the honky-tonk. This ain't the ball game. Put, pull, put your belt on. Yeah. Now... I'm just being se- separation from the world and the way we dress. I want somebody to know, bless God, that, hey, he's, he, he's a Christian. I can tell by the way he's wearing his pants. He's a Christian. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just being perfectly honest with you. You can ask my wife, I thank God for her. When she goes shopping, I go with her sometimes. I try to get out of it, but I, I don't always. She'll come out in the dressing room. What do you think? I say, honey, I think it looks good. She'll say, okay. If I don't think it, if I think it's a little too short, she don't, she don't fuss. She don't complain. She, matter of fact, she says it's too short. And I say, yes, it is. She'll say, okay. I thank God for that. Yeah. I thank God she don't want to wear a mini skirt. Thank you, honey. We're not wearing a mini skirt. It's no place. 
And I'm serious. They say, well, they don't make clothes to fit anymore. Somebody somewhere makes clothes to fit. In a cupboard, I promise you. If not, I am going in business. I'm going to call my store church clothes only. And it'll be skirts that come down low enough. It'll be tops that cover. Separation from the world in our dress. uh, Separation from the world in our habits. Ooh, ooh, that struck a that struck a chord. Then in our world, we got to separate from our habits from the world. If you've got the same habit as a law, you need to get rid of the habit if you want to know what God's will is. God will show you that will when we separate from the world. We can go on for there for a long time. We need to. Mm, mm. I guarantee you this. Some of us, if Jesus come back, would be ashamed what's on our TV sometimes. If Jesus split the skies, come down to your living room and saw what you was watching, how how, I bet you you'd be embarrassed sometimes. Separate from what we watch on the TV. Why? Well, I'll get into my next point in a minute, and I'll tell you why. I don't want to get ahead of myself. 1 John 2 and 15, Jesus very plainly says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's serious to me, brother, sister. If the love of the world is in you, Jesus plainly said the love of the Father is not in you. I don't know about you, but when the Lord saved me, He called me to be a set-apart people, separated from the world, to be different. I love you. Don't get mad at me. I love you. Number three, spiritual-minded Christians. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing, by the making new, the changing into new views and new feelings. My friend, uh, the Christian is often uh, represented as a new creature. Your mind has to be renewed. Uh, The word translated mind uh, properly means intelligent. It, uh, It has to do with our affections, our will. We have to have it renewed. We have to be spiritual minded. Yeah. Ephesians 4 and 23 says, and be, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, goes on to say in verse 24, and that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and truly holiness. Church will never find the will of God when our mind has no place for God. If that makes any sense. If your mind has no place for God, God's not going to show you His will. Renew our minds more with godly thinking. God, what this? I'm going to sum it up real quick right here. What you put in here is what you will get out. If you put garbage in your mind, you're going to get garbage out. 
If you watch garbage on TV, you're going to reflect garbage. If you listen to gar- uh, 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 garbage as music, it's going to come out as garbage. The Bible says if you want to find God's perfect will, you need to be spiritually minded, having Christ on our mind, having godly things on our minds. Praying without ceasing takes a godly mind. How can you pray without without ceasing when you got something totally should not be on your mind, on your mind? You can't. You cannot. We have to be godly minded. Christianity seeks to reign the entire soul of man. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. And as that relationship grows, the mind has to be retaught by the way of the Spirit. God teaches us by the way of conviction that we ought not be watching this. We ought not be doing that. We ought not be listening to this. God teaches us by the renewing of our minds. Be you renewed in your mind tonight. Paul was saying that our minds, our hearts, our spirits, our entire spiritual lives must be consistently being refreshed by being in the presence of our Savior and feeding on His Word. That's how we renew our mind. It's being around and being in the presence of God. How many of you know this? You can't be in the presence of God and the presence of sin at the same time. You're going to choose one or the other. I'll tell you what. I have grown so much by going to the Beaver Creek Bible Institute. I've seen I've seen people that have gone here grow in the Lord yeah. by renewing their minds inside the Bible Institute. That's a great work. I pray you get involved. I don't know where that comes from, but the Lord wants me to say it. Renewing our minds. I'm missing part of my notes. Oh well, how that happened, I don't know. But we've got to renew our minds. How did that happen? Between here and home, I'm missing my notes. That'll throw you off right there, buddy. I'll tell you what. Being spiritually minded Christians, we'll keep rolling to be okay. The will of God can never be known to a carnal mind Christian. Uh, It just can't be. It can't grow. A carnal mind Christian cannot grow. It takes growing in the grace and knowledge of our Savior before we'll grow and before God's will will be presented to us. There must be a daily, a constant walk with God through prayer and searching the Word of God. It is this way that our lives can be renewed and be refreshed daily. And that will translate in being transformed into the image of Christ. What a blessed day that will be when we grow into a spiritual-minded church.
church. The whole body of church, the whole body of Christ gets to work for God and we see God begin to move like a way we've never seen. I see it happening here at Turning Point Church. God has been showing up like He's never showed up before and I see it and I believe it's because people's mind is being transformed. People are serving God like they never served Him before and I thank God for it. For what He's doing around the house of God. We're going to keep rolling. We've got to present our, body, uh, our bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, and my friends, uh, uh, we've got to get separated from the world. We've got to uh, have spiritual-minded Christians. But we also, uh, uh, Scripture, my friend, has to be followed. Yeah. God's going to do nothing outside His Word. Right. We must, as a body of Christ, saturate ourselves with the Word of God. God has given us His will inside His Word. If we know the Word, we know the will. No one can know of the will of God without knowledge of His Word. And what God says about it. That's a good game to play. Do whatever God says. Just do it. If one is to know the will of God, he must search the Scriptures. He must saturate his heart, his mind with the Scriptures. Seek no other authority but that of the Scripture. Amen. Let, me, let me fit this in real quick. Sometimes we have an authority problem. Yeah. Right. I love you, but if God says it, we need to do it. And I'm preaching to myself. Amen. If God says it, we need to do it. Authority. We need to know who our authority is. Our authority is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If Jesus said it, my friend, we ought to do it. Authority. Saturate ourselves with the authority of God. Let Him have full reign in our lives. Authority comes from our Lord. It comes from our pastor. It comes from our leaders. We ought to just follow them and follow God as He would have it be. Yeah. When the Bible speaks plainly on any question, you seek no other authority. It's final. It's in the Word of God. Man. Uh, I, I remember a man saying, well, Preacher, I'm going to start tithing, but i got to pray about it first. Oh. What? I'm going to start tithing, Preacher, but i just got to keep praying about it for a little while. It's authority. God said to tithe. You don't got to pray about it. That's God's will. He wants you to do it. I'm going to start coming on Wednesday night. I'm just going to pray about it. God wants you to be here. The doors are open. Got to have the Scripture. Search them. Saturated with them. But the Spirit of God has got to be leading. The Spirit... You want to know the will of God. The Spirit of God has got to be leading you in the direction. The Holy Spirit is the guide and the leader of the Christian. John 16 and 13. How bet uh, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself. But whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. 
The Holy Spirit guides us. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When a Christian refuses and rejects the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that puts some question on the authority of how sincere they are about wanting to know the will of God for their life. Well, Lord, are you sure you want me to do that? Don't act like you ain't never done that. Yeah. I've been there. Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you didn't make a mistake? God's leading that way. You follow God. Man. Spirit of God leading us in the right direction. I remember growing up uh, in a meal community. Uh, all the, all the kids played together. They played outside every day. That's what we did. Uh, we didn't have Nintendos. We, 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 we had a ball and a bat. You got outside and played. And I know that sounds odd to some of y'all, but yeah, we went outside and played. Yeah. Uh, some of us saying, what? Outside, it's hot. But we went outside and played. And I remember Mama always told me, or Grandma or Grandpa, they always told me, don't go further that you cannot hear me when I call you. And sometimes I'd wander off too far. And they'd step out on the porch and say, Damon, dinner's ready. Or it's time to come home. And I wouldn't hear them. A few hours later, I come rolling in. It's awfully late. They hadn't called me. I better go home. I go home. Well, in that story was it was not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> they had things they called belts back then, and they used them pretty regularly. I had my share. What I'm getting at, sometimes, church, we can get so far at the neighbor's house, we can go so far down the street that we can't hear that still, small voice saying, it's time to come home. Amen. We can't hear the still, small voice of God saying, I need you to do this. I, I, got, a, I got a job for you. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to witness to this person. If you don't, it's going to be their last opportunity. I need you to witness to them. And we're too far to hear God speak. Yeah. We're too far. And we don't witness to them. And it may be their last opportunity before the next thing they see is standing at the judgment seat of Christ being judged. Being finding God lost because we didn't hear that small voice telling us to witness. The leading of the Holy Spirit is permanent church. It doesn't come, it doesn't just come and go. God's always there and He's always wanting to lead us. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm closing, I promise. Service must be involved. Amen. Service must be involved. God is not likely to call an idle person to do anything. Yeah. You, you, you get that. God is not likely to call an idle person to do a thing. God wants His people to be about serving. Yeah. 
him. A person who is not winning souls in his own neighborhood is is more likely not going to be called to a foreign mission field. Uh, you want to look at a fishing meal, uh, 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 a mission field, you can go to your neighbor's house that's lost. Uh, if you won't witness to them, then you're not going to witness to somebody in Africa. Now, I'm just, I love you. Service must be involved. A person who is not actively involved in service for God in some manner probably would not be sensitive enough to hear God's calling anyway. We all got a job in the house of God. If a person is not willing to teach a Sunday school class I doubt God's going to call them to preach the gospel. He's not willing to do something small because it's not in the spotlight. Now God's going to call them to do much of anything else. I'm just being honest. I heard a person once refuse to work on a bus route because He was waiting for God to call him to something bigger and better. Let me say this. God calls you to a service. And once you do that service and you begin to grow in Christ, then you get advancements, maybe. Sometimes God just calls you right there. He wants you to stay right there. That's that's whatever God's will is. But, but something, something, if you won't do something little, I'm sure he's not going to call you to uh, be the uh, head deacon of the church. Amen. Well, uh, bless God, I ain't sweeping the floor. Yeah, I'll be deacon. Yeah, right. That's good. I mean, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Church, God has a place for you. God has a purpose for you. I'm closing. Here's your manual. You want to find the will of God for your life? Open the book. Search the scriptures. You can find God's will. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you've never been saved. It's God's will. I I promise you absolutely for God to save you. If God's dealing with your heart, it's it's God's will. You get saved tonight. God knew you was going to be here before you even knew you was going to be here. God knew. And if if you're convicted of sin in your life, God will save you tonight. But But it's God's will that we all serve together. We're serving the same Lord, the same Master. We're all in this thing for the same reason, to see people saved, see the kingdom of Christ move forward. And we've all got a part in doing so. I know some say, well, I'm just, I'm of age now and I really there's not much I can do. I say this in love. Older ladies, it's your job. It's your job by the authority of God's word that you bring these younger ladies up. (laughs) You know why some younger ladies can't cook a biscuit no more? Ain't no older lady showed her how to cook a biscuit no more. 
That's why. You know why some some of these gentlemen, uh, older gentlemen, I wouldn't give two cents for them as being a daddy. They didn't have one. They didn't have no older gentlemen to show them how to be a daddy. It's our job. You say, well, I can't do that no more. Well, honey, yeah, you can. Show some of these young women how to be a, how to be a lady. Yeah. Train them up how to be a lady. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you see them wandering, you see if you see them wandering, pull them to the side and say, "Honey, let me show you something." Yeah. Let me show men. If we see a young man who's wandering, pull him to the side and say, yeah. "Son, let me show you something. You're going the wrong way." Yeah. I take great. I, I say this not bragging. But me and my wife both have had some of our own youth here pull us to the side and talk to us about things maybe they had never talked to their parents about. And let me tell you something. I, I, I take that as uh, it blesses my heart in a way because they had enough confidence in me to yeah. come and talk to me. They may have talked to their parents. I don't know. But the fact that they would come to me and say, you know, I kind of look up to you and I just want your advice on this. Boy, it blesses my heart. Church, it blesses my heart so much. I know somebody thinks enough of me that they'd come and ask my opinion on something. It's our responsibility. Old or young, we can train these we can train them in the way they should go. Right. It's our responsibility. It don't matter what, who you, how old you are, how young you are, you can do something for God. Yeah. The will of God. It's plain and simple. Are you willing to pursue it? Will you do whatever it takes to know His will? Is it that important to you? I'll ask you to stand. She comes and gets us a song. Is the will of God important enough to you that you would seek the will of God for your life? God has a will. God didn't call you just to sit on a pew somewhere at Turning Point Church. God called you. He saved you to serve Him. How important is it to you? Father, Lord, I thank You for the privilege we've had tonight to share the Word of God. Lord, I know I'm unworthy, but Lord, You've seen fit, and I thank You for it. God, I pray and ask in Jesus' name that, Lord, the people within the sound of my voice tonight would search their hearts, Father, to find that perfect will of God for their life. Father, I pray You convict that one, Lord, that maybe far away from me, may be lost tonight. God, I pray they get saved tonight. And Lord, if it be Your will, I pray that these altars will be flooded with people wanting to know Your will, God, to wanting to see Turning Point Church move in a mighty way for the glory of God. Father, I pray You to bless in this invitation time. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.